Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, I hope the sun is shining where you are. This is episode number 122 of Business of Design, and we are going to talk about that elusive element of trust how you earn it, and how you keep it with clients. Spoiler alert, I guess it comes down to integrity and clearly defined boundaries. Is anyone surprised that's where we're going today? Picture yourself in an ATM. You're going to hit it up for a withdrawal. Not a problem because you've made deposits. So there's cash in there and the cash is yours. And there's lots of cash. So you don't really have to worry that you're going to be making this withdrawal. But if the balance is low, and you attempt several withdrawals in quick succession, no luck, buttercup, there's no cash. There's nothing there for you to take out, right? I like to think of trust exactly this way. Every time I do something that is in alignment with the terms of my contract, my protocols, my systems, my integrity, it's like making a deposit in the mutual trust account I have with my clients. Conversely, if I don't show up to a meeting on time, or I forget to bring some promised item to that meeting, or I'm caught out in some untruth, no matter how small, those infractions trigger a withdrawal from the mutual trust account that I share with my clients. The withdrawal might be really small if it's something inconsequential, or if it doesn't happen very often, maybe the clients are going to kind of minimize the withdrawal but it could be large depending on the circumstances. And if it is, that one withdrawal could potentially wipe out a whole bunch of deposits. In this episode, we're gonna have a conversation with a lovely designer named Alex Gourlay, who owns Vellum Interiors in Sydney, Australia. She's a dedicated member of Business of Design, and we can't thank you enough for your support, Alex. She reached out to us to say that she's really passionate about the topic of trust and integrity, and we thought that was a conversation worth having. Alex says she loves creating amazing relationships with her clients, and she values that aspect above all others in her business. Her background in marketing has made it relatively easy for Alex to embrace the ideas of systems and strategies and protocols as a way to run a thriving business. And she's convinced that maintaining those strategies and systems will increase a client's trust and confidence and lead to more harmonious work environments and generate more profits. And ultimately, all of those things translate into better and more satisfying design work, period. Alex's work has been featured in a number of publications such as Australia House and Garden, Inside Out, Home Beautiful, and online in the local project Homes to Love and Interiors Addict. Vellum Interiors was also recognized as a finalist in the 2019 Dulux Color Awards. Stick around and we're going to explore ways to earn and keep a client's trust. And this seems like as good a time as any to tell you that at Business of Design, we work really hard to earn your trust as well. And we certainly feel the love and support coming our way from all of you. Speaking of which, I want to say a big thank you to Laura West of Mineral City, who reached out from Ponta Bedra Beach, Florida, after she received a Business of Design newsletter where I said, I broke my rules. 
You know I don't like to break my rules, but just this once, I received a text from a client that said, Kimberly, I absolutely love, love, love what you did to my place. So Laura reached out and said, thank you so much. I'm absolutely going to start taking those random notes and emails from clients that are already testimonials and using them. If you haven't yet signed up for businessofdesign.com newsletter, you really should. There's good stuff in there. Plus, we'll keep you posted on events upcoming. Speaking of events upcoming, Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations, a very official title. Cheryl, what don't we have going on at Business of Design? Honestly, it's been so crazy busy lately. I know I was kind of hoping it would slow down during the summer, have a little break, but uh, no, it's it's still picking up and we're still getting ready for the fall because there's lots coming up then. There, There's a lot coming up. I don't even know where to start, but how about if we start with happy birthday to us? It is. October is going to be 15 years of business of design. That's crazy. Incredible. So many people listening right now are going, what? I thought they just started. No, no. We have been, been around, around for 15 years. <laughs> yeah, and we're celebrating with a whole bunch of parties, but the biggest party is happening at High Point Market. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be celebrating on Saturday, October 19th at The Point, uh, which is right outside the transportation terminal at um, at High Point Market. So Saturday, October 19th, come out and join us for cake and bubbly and celebrate 15 years of business of design. October 19th, 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. We are going to be giving away 15 awesome prizes so you'll want one of those and we are going to do a very short 15 amazing things you need to do right now to make your business incredible kind of thing right yes we are going to be celebrating 15 years with 15 business tips as well as 15 prizes so if you're going to be at high point market uh, this october please come out and join us team bod is going to be there for sure cheryl's going to be there victoria will be there janine will be there i will be there if you're a business of design member we want to say thank you properly so when you rsvp and everybody please rsvp so we know how much champagne to buy how much cake how many bubbles we're going to need. We will check out the list and make sure that our Business of Design premium members are recognized properly at the event. What an amazing way to end a day at High Point Market, surrounded by peers, mature peers who are running thriving businesses. Wow, pretty powerful. Can't wait. And we're actually heading right from High Point to the retreat, which is sold out. We're pretty excited about that. But if you missed out on the retreat, um, you can join us at the conference in January because Team BOD will be there as well. So that's coming up on January 25th and 26th at Las Vegas Market. So you can make a trip out of it or you can join us for the conference and then hit up the market right after. Yes. And if you have been to conferences in the past and you've been disappointed, believe you me, I feel your pain. I feel like I've wasted thousands and thousands of dollars on conferences that were nothing but theory and smoke and mirrors. I promise you we are working really hard to create an itinerary that's going to be new information and information you can use and implement into your business immediately so you feel the results of that investment.
Please sign up for Business of Design Conference January 25th to 26th. It'll be 8.30 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. The conference is going to be on Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, Las Vegas Market launches on the Monday. If you've never been to Market, we can help you get oriented. Don't worry about that. We'll take care of it. And if you have been to Market, then this is the best way to make the most out of that investment already. So everybody come out to Las Vegas. I promise we'll work hard, we'll play hard, and it will be an incredible life-changing experience. Well, I'm looking forward to meeting everyone there. I keep talking to members on the phone and they recognize my voice off the podcast. So it'll be so nice to meet so many people at High Point, at the retreat and at the conference. It's really funny now when we're at High Point, Cheryl will be talking and somebody will say, wait a minute, is that Cheryl? I think I hear Cheryl. <laughs> we're like, it's so cool. We never dreamed, right? I know. So it's so nice to finally meet everyone. Yeah. So come out and celebrate. First event coming up, High Point. Hopefully we'll see you there to celebrate Business of Design's birthday. This episode of Business of Design is brought to you by BuildLane. BuildLane is an extraordinary app that you can use, you clever designer, to order custom furniture from the comfort of your office. No visit to the factory or showroom rep required. Design details will not be overlooked, and by communicating directly with BuildLane and by extension with the factory, you'll enjoy shorter lead times and increased profitability. As you may know, I've ordered a first piece of furniture for Kimberly Selden Design Group, and the process has been ultra smooth. I will definitely describe the finished piece when I receive it and make sure I finish the story with everyone. Right now, though, you can enter a contest to win $2,500 worth of custom furniture. It's easy. Set up a free account at buildlane.com. There is no purchase required, and the contest is open to residents of U.S. and Canada. For more information, head over to businessofdesign.com. You can click on the Build Lane ad and set up that account really fast. Thank you so much, Build Lane, for your support of Business of Design and our amazing community. And now, back to the show. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results for independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Hey, Alex, how you doing? Hey, Kimberly. I'm really good. Thanks for having me. Of course. It's uh, it's early here. It's getting past dinner time there, or at least around dinner time. What time is it there? It's 9 p.m. 9 p.m. And you're in Sydney. Yeah, I am. So I know how beautiful it is where you live. It's just spectacular. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah it's pretty it's good. Pretty it's good. winter here now, but it's still, it's been quite sunny and warm and yeah, the um, sunsets are amazing at the moment too. Wow, beautiful. I'm I am looking forward to going back to Maroubra Beach. 
I got to do a yoga class on the rocks at the beach with this amazing yoga teacher who had the most beautiful singing voice too at the end when she did her chanting. I was like, wow, this is kind of perfect. So it's, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to this conversation too, because we connected over the topic of trust. And I think it's a topic that is so misunderstood. Um, Mm. At least certainly it was misunderstood by me um, more than a decade ago as I was struggling to create a business that works. So talk to me a little bit about trust. First of all, what is trust? I think trust is just having complete faith. Someone just having complete faith in you that you're going to do an excellent job for them. And there's just no doubt in their mind at all. I think that's a great description, actually. The important distinction I was taught is that trust is not something you give. It's something that's earned. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, I think when a client comes to you, they might have a little bit of trust in you already because they might have seen some work that you've done and have some respect and trust with you, you know, based on what they've seen. But it's quite easily lost if you don't manage it the whole way through a project. It's almost like a bank account, right? You keep depositing into your trust account by showing up on time, by being your word, by behaving honorably, and you just make all those deposits. And then if you do something that's hinky or squish in some way, and the client catches you out at it, for example, I was speaking to a designer recently who got a check for like $27 back from a window tinting company. She got $27. The client found out about it and it just destroyed, it, it eliminated all the deposits she put in the trust account because the client thought, what else are you getting? What else are you trying to get away with? Yeah, yeah. It just opens up the seeds of doubt. <laughs> the seeds of doubt blossom. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. I refer to that as the perception of deception. Like now it's in the room and it's really hard to get rid of. And the yes. other thing that's really important for people, because I hear this all the time, oh, I don't need a contract because I trust my clients. That's crazy talk, right? I mean, would you oh, trust yeah. a babysitter with your child that you don't know? That's You would never do that. So why would you... Why do you why would you give trust to new clients any more than clients would give you trust? Yeah, I totally agree with that. And also it's just not really seeing the foundations properly either because your expectations will definitely be different to what the client has if there's nothing in writing telling them how things are going to go and then once you actually you know, commit to those um, steps that you've put in your contract and all the policies that you've got in place, then you're proving to the client that they can trust you because you've actually, you know, made good on your word. That's a really good point. So you, you actually are benefiting the client and you're benefiting you when you have very specific policies and protocols written down in place, because then that becomes a measuring stick against whether or not you're trustworthy for the client. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Wow. And it becomes a measuring stick, by the way, for whether or not the client is trustworthy, right? If the rules of the game are, I'm going to bill you every month and you're going to pay when I bill you, and the client makes you chase them for the cash, you're learning something about that client's level of trustworthiness. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. 
So what are the kind of benchmarks then you have in place that allow your clients to determine whether or not Alex Gourlay is trustworthy? Mm. There are quite a few. I think I break it down into, I'm really strong about having systems in place to do with client services, which is basically just customer service for a service-based business where we've got clients instead of customers. And for me, it's about building respect. So building respect through the work that I do, so the end product, but also how we get there. So through all of my systems and processes, but also keeping them up to date on all those systems and processes, like where we are, um, you know, we're at step five and this is happening and um, keeping them up to date and keeping the expectations managed the entire way through. It's also down to really effective communication. So setting those expectations, I think it could even start from your website, what they can expect with working from you. And that, you know, it even comes into your branding because that gives them a perception of what you're going to be like to work with as well. And then the big one, I know you're really into this as well, Kimberly, is just that honesty and integrity. So if you say you're going to do something, even if it's, I'm going to send you an email this afternoon, you need to do that. And if you don't do that, then you need to tell them, you know, as soon as possible when you're going to do that and why you haven't been able to do that today. Another good way to make a withdrawal from the trust account, right? I tell the client that I'm going to email them Thursday afternoon and it's Friday afternoon. They're like, wait a minute, she didn't send me an email. Like out comes some of your trust, right? So you're so right. So then Thursday afternoon, no matter what, you send an email saying, I know I promised you an email and... I couldn't get it done for the following reason, and I will have it to you tomorrow morning. Uh, thanks for your patience kind of thing. You, yeah. You've mentioned a whole variety of systems, and I want to go and talk specifically about what those are, but the other thing you mentioned was the website. What specifically do you think a designer might have on her website or his website that shows a client they are someone who can be trusted? I think that having professional images of your work, of course, because that shows them that you've worked with other clients before and that you've produced an incredible result. I also think to back that evidence up is client testimonials or even um, I know another designer in Sydney that does video testimonials, which is even more compelling. Yeah, and you could even have things on your website about the process and how you work um, what you charge, even if it's just your initial consult fee. Um, and yeah, as I said before, even down to your branding, like are you a high-end designer or are you kind of mid-range, all of those things are going to give them visual cues as well as to how you work and what they can expect from working with you and you know whether they have trust and respect with you. I love that, actually. And then it's about uh, consistency, right? Because if you've got these beautifully polished high-end visuals on the website and I love by the way the idea of video testimonials I'm trying to think how my clients might feel if I'm like hey I'm gonna get you on camera right now but I'm gonna think about that um, you've got these beautiful images and you've posted your pricing etc clients should be prepared for what you're going to charge when you get started right where conversely mm -hmm. if you have like an, a website that you did 20 years ago it's super dated the images are old or not great. A client's going to be shocked that you're expensive. 
Mm, exactly. Yeah. I love that. I, I never thought about the website in that way, but that's a, that's a really good place to start. Okay. Mm. So then the client buys in, they see the images, they've seen the testimonials. Um, and by the way, regarding the testimonials too, like I think at a minimum you need the client's first name in the city, um, and a photo of them. So otherwise I think it just doesn't seem legit. Right. I just, these blank names of like, Diana says, Kimberly's the best, (laughs) (laughs) right? We just, we just have seen the power of, um, testimonials with a face and a name and business of design. It's just how many people look at our testimonials is incredible. Mm. So it's convinced me on my side as well that, you know, a client testimonial needs to have their image as well. So then the client has bought into your website, Alex. And mm-hmm. um, by the way, what's the name of your website? It's Vellum Interiors, V-E-L-L-U-M. Vellum Interiors. I used to love drawing on vellum. I haven't done that in so long, but that was such mm-hmm. a good, fun part of school. If you're listening and you went to school in the last five or six years, you're probably like, what is vellum? What is that? <laughs> it's a beautiful kind of transparent paper, right, that you you can draw yeah, on or anyway it beautiful. feels amazing yeah exactly okay so vellum interiors I already like that that kind of has a, gives me a visual kind of like oh that seems kind of elusive <laughs> and high-end and wonderful okay so they've gone to vellum and they've fallen in love with the work that they see what's the next part of the process if you want to earn that client's trust um for me it's about making it easy for them to know what to do next so to contact me um, and also to make that really approachable and easy for them. I don't, I mean, for me, anyway, this is my brand. I am not a super fancy pants designer that, um, you know, people should be privileged to work with. I want to make it really easy for people to contact me and to know um, that I want to help them. So I think that's the first step. And then it's just about having a really clear, it's almost like a sales process, I guess, of getting them on the phone, helping them to feel reassured that you've got this basically and that you can help them out if it's a match for you with the client. I love that you brought that up. Easy to contact you. It's true, right? How many designers, honestly, you're listening to the podcast right now and the client phones you and it takes you a couple days to call them back and then there's a bit of phone tag. That's not winning. That is not selling your brand probably the way you want it to unless you're super busy and you want them to know that that's how you operate. You're just not going to be available when they need you. Which maybe that's maybe that's how you run the business, and maybe you're letting the clients know up front, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I worked with a business coach once, and you know, just another example of setting expectations. She actually had on her email signature, "I only check my emails twice a week, so if I take a few days to respond, then that's why." Oh, wow. Okay, that's great. If that's truly how you're doing business, I think that makes things really clear. That just probably mm. doesn't work for designers. <laughs> I think I think things are happening a little, it's a bit more dynamic with what we're doing, right? Yeah, I agree. But that's, that's a good example of how you really state how things are going to be, and then you stick to that. Of course, you have a system written down to capture all the intake information, um, what, what's the favorite thing you ask people during the intake process? Do you have some part of it that you just love is kind of pivotal in the conversation? 
I like to ask them, once I've got a sense of what they need help with, I like to ask them why they're doing this now. Ooh, what are you looking for with why now? I just find that um, it kind of cuts through the surface level of, yeah, you know, like we need some furniture for the living room or whatever, and it gets to the emotional reason why. So whether it's because my husband's turning 50 and we want to have a huge party or, um, you know, we've just downsized and this is a new chapter in our lives that we really want to get started on. It just gives me another little insight into them and then I can just kind of like intuitively help them even more, I think, once I understand their core reason why. I love that. I'm I'm going to ask soon if she asks people that question because I, I really understand why you asked that and it makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, it just also helps to really connect with people on an emotional level so that then, you know, it's another way of building trust because then, you know, I can say, well, I can really help you with that or, you know, I completely understand why you want to do that. Have you considered X, Y, and Z? I love it. Okay, so you make it through the intake process, and ideally you've been extremely frank about what it's going to be like to work with you. Like, you know, if you have a rigid, rigid's not the right word, if you have a streamlined process for project mm-hmm. management, you describe that to them. Like I, we certainly can benefit, our, our company certainly has benefited from being able to describe that linear process of how we work. Um, and then you, they make it past that point, you book the consultation and they mm-hmm. say, yeah, we definitely wanna work with you. So from that moment, the moment the client signs that contract and gives you a retainer, what are the things a design professional needs to do to make sure they're constantly putting deposits into the trust account? One thing I would recommend is that even if you've gone over your process at the start of your engagement with this client, is just to keep reminding them of that because it's likely that they're really excited and um, not really concentrating really when you took them through that initially. So I think just reminding them constantly of where you are and also even letting them know like, okay, yep. And at um, step five of the presentation, you're probably gonna get a little bit anxious about, you know, the figure that we propose that you spend on your house, but just keep remembering what the vision is and, um, you know, we can work through that together. So I think it's just constantly reminding people of what's happening, but also I think it's helpful to remind them what emotions they're likely to go through that's along a, that way as well. That's such a good point. Yeah. And I always prepare them as well for the moment that we have all of their money and we're two weeks away from the installation. So all the construction is complete. Uh, we have been receiving all the furniture and goods that's going to go into the house at Sept 10. And I prepare them for the fact that I'm going to collect all the balances on everything. And then two weeks later, 
all of the goods are going to show up at your house. And there's going to be a moment where I have all your money and you're going to wonder if I've gone off to Las Vegas. <laughs> right? So I'm yeah. going to assure you that I will not go to Las Vegas, but I will pay the suppliers and the manufacturers so no one will put a lien on your home. And then two weeks as promised, everything will be delivered. Yeah, really good yes. point that you kind of have to walk them through those emotional moments. Yeah, yeah. Communication is obviously going to be really important for keeping clients comfortable with the process. What do you, what do, you do to um, make sure clients know how you're going to be communicating them and how often and all that kind of stuff? Mm, um, there's so much. There's, there's so much. I, I really like, I've taken from your 15 steps, the weekly update that you give to clients once a week. And, um, you know, even if you have nothing really to update them on, just letting them know that everything is on track. I love that idea because it's really consistent as well. And, you know, consistency is so important in building trust as well, because yeah, like you said, it's just another little deposit in that trust bank. And if you don't deposit it one week, they're like, Oh, that's weird. Why hasn't that happened? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's giving those weekly updates and, I am really consistent with things like every time there's a meeting, I'll send notes afterwards, just really succinct, you know, bullet point notes of the key things that we went over, what the next steps are and who's responsible, when those next steps are going to be done by and when they're going to hear from me next. Really important. Absolutely. Even if it's kind of mundane, you know, I was... At the project site, I met with the contractor and the electrician. Everything is on schedule. They were putting the final touches on the screen porch uh, today, and tomorrow they'll move in to complete the master ensuite. You know, whatever it is, just like brief, but I think consistency is what's really important. Mm, yeah, couldn't agree more. And sometimes it's those mundane things that if you don't have them written down and, you know, communicated in writing, that they can really mess up a project one thing I've had to wrestle with recently is I think I got to the point where my updates were always so positive and everything was a-okay and smooth that clients thought somehow it was super easy that the work was super easy so in the past year or so I've been including some of the like oh my god I can't believe that happened moments Mm. Um, and the clients have commented back like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad it's you and not me dealing with this. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's really good. Like, I don't want to make it seem like what I'm doing is no big deal because actually there are days when I feel so stressed about the amount of stuff that's happening on job sites, right? Yeah, that's really interesting actually, because a lot of the time I think, you know, I don't want to communicate things to the client that they don't necessarily need to know. But then at the same time, you want them to know that you've 100% got their back and that you're sorting out any issues for them and they don't need to worry at all. And yeah, thank God you're here and you're totally worth the money. <laughs> yeah. And I find sometimes too, the clients are often on the job site with trades when I'm not there or no one from my team is there, right? And so the trades will sometimes mention those things. And if the client can say, oh, yeah, Kimberly told me already, 
it's good. It kind of lets the trades know too, like I, I've got the communication under control, right? And the client's already heard about it. So mm. it kind of yes, stops. So true. It kind of stops, I don't know what, from happening. Would you say you have any superpowers in terms of communicating skills with clients? I think one thing that I really pride myself on, and this is something that I learned when I um, worked in client services and advertising for many years before I started my interior design business, was anticipating any questions that the client might have or any issues that might come about. And it just makes you look really good when you're always one step ahead of the client. I had a client who was really just like a, just a huge clean freak and it wasn't actually anything that she'd said to me, but I just knew like, okay, that's a big concern for her. So when I presented to her, there was a marble table and there was also a vintage, like a mid-century Danish teak table. And I knew that, you know, she was going to ask about, oh, how do I clean this? How do I make sure that it looks pristine? So I made sure that I had all of that information to her. So, yep, don't worry about it. You know, don't worry about the marble table. We're going to get it sealed. And the cleaning instructions for the vintage table are very simple so that she knew that I'd already thought about that because I know her so well. Yeah, that's a really good point. If it was a situation where you didn't know how to clean the teak table, um, certainly you would get that information and report back to the client on how that worked. Like, let's say that question caught you off guard and you really didn't have the information. You would say, cleaning is really important and I'm going to get the written instructions on how to clean that for you. And, yes. and then you would get those as quickly as possible. And then next time you presented something like that to any client, you would have that new information at your fingertips. Yeah, exactly. And I do think it comes down to getting to know your client as well, because then you'll be able to know what their concerns are, what they might ask you. You know, if cost is a huge concern to them, make sure that you've got all your numbers really tight. If timings is a concern, make sure that you've got all of that information so that you can actually deliver on it. So yes, it's about learning from things that you've done in the past, but also just knowing your client as well. And I think, you know, back to what we were talking about before with that initial phone conversation and asking why they're doing the work now, I feel like that that can just open up so much valuable information for you to work for in the future. It's kind of like like a little investigative fact finding. Yeah, and they may tell you, oh, my husband's turning 50 and we want to redo the living room because we're having a party and the party's eight weeks from now. And the reality is you can't, I mean, I can't renovate a living room in eight weeks. Can I throw down a little bit of new furniture and some pillows and maybe paint? Sure. Um, but part of integrity is telling clients the truth, not leading them along and saying we're going to try really hard to get that done. It's far better, I think, to say absolutely not. It's never going to happen in that timeline. Just end absolutely. of story, period. <laughs> yes. And that yes. actually One builds trust too, I... right? Being honest builds trust. Yes. And, yeah, one thing that I have taught to people on my team is to under-promise and over-deliver and never the other way around. And I know that that can be really hard for people who are natural people-pleasers, but in the long run, you're actually pleasing them more. Oh, yeah. It's so true. When you say team members, how many are you at, uh, at, at uh, Vellum? I've got contractors that come and work for me. So it's just, yeah, I'm the only full-time. And then 
when I have projects on, I have um, two girls that come in part-time. I love it. But you refer to them as team members. Take note, everybody. Yeah. That's really important. Yeah. I haven't heard Alex say it's just me and I have a few people who I call in sometimes. Um, I've been thinking a lot about semantics and how people frame their business recently because I've met so many designers who say, I just have this little decorating company or something like that. And that's a really good example of another place where they kind of shoot themselves in the foot and play small. It's just me and uh, nobody really works for me full time. Instead, it's, you know, I, it's me and my team members, regardless of their status, they are team members, or myself yeah. and a senior designer, or myself and my senior and junior designer, whatever it is, like start calling them by their names. It reminds me many years ago, this is really going in the way back machine, I did a movie, I had a small part in a movie, Ooh. and I was, I know, right? I'm so, I still get royalty checks for like $7 sometimes, it's so funny. Anyway, I had this small part in a movie, and I was called reporter number one, and I met this, uh, friend of mine who is a director now and he said you know in your next role never accept reporter number one ask them to give you a name ask them to call you Anna Smith reporter or whatever yeah, I, I thought that. so true right semantics play a role in every single thing that we do so there you go and in your own mind as well oh it's so true once you start using that language you become that person and I think it was Roxana Usman who said she now says when somebody asks what she does, not that I'm an interior designer, but rather I own an interior design firm. I love that. Isn't that good? I love that. I think yeah. it's Roxana. Roxana, if it's not you and it's someone else, please speak up and I will give you credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So obviously um, communication is going to be important all the way through the process. So you let them know how frequently you're going to communicate with them. You always are your word around that subject matter. And you're honest, even when it's difficult to be honest. Um, yes. Right. And all of that helps you build what with clients? It builds trust, like we've said. It builds respect. It builds confidence in them. And those are all really nice, you know, nice feeling, fuzzy things that everyone wants to feel. But I think in concrete terms, that builds brand ambassadors. That builds people that are going to talk about you to all of their friends. It makes them want to work with you again and give you referrals. So I think that it's just so important. I feel like, I feel like when you start running a business, all of this stuff is almost just like assumed knowledge because we're not taught unless you, oh, not even, I don't think you ever get taught this stuff if you do an MBA. But I think it's the key. It's one of the really important keys to running a successful business, to having that continual growth. And when people have trust and respect and confidence in you and they spread the word about your business, it's so much more effective and cheaper than advertising. Oh, gosh, yeah. Even if they say, you know, Alex... Uh, was super expensive. However, she let us know every single week where things were at. She ran the team with uh, respect um, and camaraderie, and we wouldn't hire anybody else. So it's even okay to say it was an expensive process if if that's the brand that you're in. Yes, absolutely. And I actually had a um, 
had a client referred to me from a previous client recently and came through the husband, which was a bit different. But he actually said to me, he said that my previous client had said it was much more expensive than if we'd done it ourselves, but the result and the experience was second to none. To me, that's a perfect testimonial. Mm. And I think you want, well, I mean, for my business at least, I really want clients who are invested in that process and want a really high level of service because having relationships with my clients, having amazing relationships with my clients is one of the most important things to me in my business. I feel like it just makes everything so much easier, so much more harmonious, so much more worthwhile. So I almost, I'm willing to put in that effort to make the relationship and make the service incredible. And it's even better when I've got someone who's willing to pay that extra amount for an amazing service. Such a good conversation, Alex. Thank you for suggesting this topic. I love it. We end every show with design intervention. What comes to mind? I think probably the best thing that I can suggest to designers and all business owners really is to have a vision. Not just for your business, but have one for your life. So where do you want to be in five years, 10 years, 25 years time? Because when things get hard, when you're scared to send an email or make that phone call, when you've got that vision in mind, I feel like it just makes everything so much easier because you're working towards something bigger than what you're doing right now. I think that's an excellent suggestion. We have a course, uh, Business of Design, called Design for Living. It's your design for living. And that essentially, it's asking you, what's your five-year plan? What's your vision? And it's incredible. Mm. When you write things down, even things you think are unattainable, somehow they seem to come around. And I can't explain it, but um, I've certainly had that experience. And I try to do that exercise every five years, exactly as you suggest. Yeah, I find it so helpful. Thank you so much for reaching out. And uh, I, for one, am looking forward to getting back to Sydney one day soon. Yeah, I'm looking forward to having you. Thanks for having me, Kimberly. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy a free introductory course which includes three business of design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a business of design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.